report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing the Han Solo novel, prequel, sequel, equal, uh, and all of them at the same time, but last shot by uh, Daniel Jose Older. But before we get do that, let's talk announcements. Uh, William, why don't you kind of run us through those? Yeah, and uh, it's it's good to be back after a break. Wow, a lot has happened to us mm-hmm. since our last episode. Um, we took a month off because it's the summer, and honestly, we've had a lot going on in our lives, but we're back. And um, yeah, so excited to talk Last Shot, and, and very soon we'll be, we'll be covering our, our recap of the Rebels Season 4. Uh, maybe when the, when the Blu-ray comes out, maybe we'll combine those episodes. But um, yeah, so... Uh, there's some some uh, since the last episode, you know, Solo's been out now. Hopefully, you guys have all seen it a number of times. But uh, a couple weeks ago, we also got the announcement that Rebels season four will be out on Blu-ray on July 31st. Um, it'll have the 15 episodes that aired in in season four, along with six audio commentaries by Dave Filoni. I'm excited about those and to see which episodes get those audio commentaries. Um, Hopefully, the last one. That would be I'm, fun. I'm sure that one. one will. I'm sure, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, honestly, I think they'll, they might just be the last six episodes of the season. <laughs> you know, if, well, like, that those would kind of make sense. Um, then there's a, a couple special features, Ghosts of Legend, which will explore what brought our heroes to the end of their journey in season four. Uh, Forces of Rebellion, which which dives into the nature of the Force with Dave Filoni. That one sounds that very be, interesting. Yeah, that should be interesting. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, my personal favorite, just based on the, the description, Kevin Kiner, The Rebel Symphony, uh, behind-the-scenes look at the making of the series and some of the inspiration for the themes. I don't think I don't feel like Kevin Kiner gets enough uh, um, praise for what he's done on Clone Wars and Rebels, and hopefully we get a soundtrack for Seasons 3 and 4. And then, of course, all the Rebels recon episodes that you uh, may have seen on starwars.com so uh that's very exciting that's out july 31st uh, out just a few days before that the week before also is thrawn alliances which we all knew but um looking forward to reading that one as well um in other news wow it's been a, a, a quite the the month for rumors we're not going to spend much time going into them just because we could they're kind of a little bit old at this point and and um you know until disney confirms something we're not gonna know whether they're true or not but all sorts of casting rumors around episode uh episode nine uh, those have just started to begin rumors of you know what's going to happen with some of the other films um uh, in in the pipeline based on uh you know the performance of solo and stuff and uh and and much more wow there's just so much i wish we could spend this spend the time diving into it but we're not really a rumor show sometimes we like touching on them and but we like to talk about the story and, and we've got a great story to discuss today yeah so also, William, what you're saying is we try and have our eye on the canon of star wars yes uh, Stephen. it's 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 almost like someone named the podcast 
because of that's that. That's so bizarre. I know. I what know. are the chances? It's crazy. Um, it's been a month. Yeah. God, I, I miss that. I know. We got to pack all the puns in. and the, you know, <laughs> we, we do. We do. Everything's yeah, got to go in the first five minutes. I've, yeah, I've missed... Uh, I've missed our puns on the show and, and, and talking with you guys. So I'm glad to be back. Um, and then the last, uh, a big one, it's hard to believe, but the Clone Wars is coming up on its 10th anniversary, mm-hmm. 10th anniversary. And so um, to celebrate it, Lucasfilm is going to be having a panel uh, at San Diego Comic-Con celebrating 10 years of the show. And they're, they're going to look back on the entire series. Dave Filoni will be there. I believe that the panel is going to be hosted by a friend of the show, Amy Ratcliffe. Uh, and uh, they're going to have a number of special guests there as well. I'm sure we can expect most, if not all, of the cast of The Clone Wars to be on stage. Uh, and that'll be Thursday, July 19th at San Diego Comic-Con. So if you're going to Comic-Con, I highly recommend going to this panel. It sounds like it will be um, one that you should not miss. Um, I, I wish I could go. Me too. Do you guys? I, I so wish I, I could go. Do you guys think we'll get any any news about Clone Wars or maybe uh, Resistance I, at the panel? The the biggest announcement I could see is a like tenth anniversary uh, like box set or something like that. Ooh, but oh, that would be cool. I would be surprised if it happened. To be honest. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing about that, the Clone Wars was not really owned by Disney. That might be interesting because isn't that done through Warner Brothers? Yeah. So, so a box, be a in, box yeah, set by that. That's true. Yeah. A re-release could be difficult, but not impossible. No, nothing is impossible. And at the very least, I'm going to you know, take a look back. I don't know. With, with an hour, I it doesn't sound like there, there would be enough. Well, maybe they might show some clips, um, unaired, you know, episodes, but uh, clips on unaired episodes, but I, I don't know. I feel like they've probably, I don't know if they've exhausted all of them already. But well, yeah, at the very least, we'll get some, some some great discussions and, and and having the you know the cast and crew reminisce on on such a great show. It's still one of my favorites. So, wow, Absolutely. it's hard to believe it's ten years. Um, wow, yeah. yeah. You know what? Ten years, just like this, just like this podcast. It is, yeah. It's Our podcast yeah. is also recording, uh, approaching ten years. Speaking of it, which I don't, we didn't actually uh, mention this, but we have another announcements of sort. This is mm-hmm. our two hundred and fiftieth episode of Ion Cannon. Of Ion Cannon. Ion Cannon slash We Talk Clones. We Talk Clones. Yeah, yeah. If you if you combine all the episodes we did under We Talk Clones and Ion Cannon, we're at two hundred and fifty. Wow, so, that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been a fun ride, and we're we're not done yet. Again, during the summer, nope. we take a little bit of time off, but uh, to kind of recharge. But we're going to be right back at it once Resistance airs. There were some rumors um, that came out Resistance as well, but we still really don't know much about what the show's going to look like, uh, or, or 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 even when it's going to air. Although, if I had to guess, historically, these shows have always started in October. So mm-hmm. that's probably when we can expect resistance. Well, to throw, throw something out there, do you think that with this Clone Wars celebrating 10 years, you know, Filoni's going to be up there. Filoni was probably going to have a little kid walk up there and ask the question, when is resistance going to be premiering? Um, you think he oh, might let it slip? Yeah. You think he might let this one slip? I think or, we can maybe get a date. I don't fl- think we'll get a premiere there because the, the panel's just not long enough, but I think we could get 
a date. Oh no, no, I, I never said a premiere. I mean, like, like he would say a premiere date. I doubt there would be a premiere, especially if they're going to be celebrating Clone Wars. I doubt they would show any kind of premiere for Resistance at that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. But maybe a date. They would. He'd pull a kid up and whisper in his ear. So, yeah, hers, his, whoever. Yep, I'm excited. So, yeah, lots, lots going on. It's going to be quite an exciting fall, and uh, I can't wait to see to hear more about the show and and honestly to 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 hear what comes out of that panel because mm-hmm. I, I love clone wars so if anybody's down there and you'd like to give us a little bit of a heads up you can drop us an email or put it on facebook and we'd gladly read it because we'd be down there if we could yeah so with that um let's dive into the rundown steven do you want to tell folks what the what we're gonna be talking about today Sure. So today we are talking about Star Wars Last Shot. It was written by Daniel Jose Older. This is the Han Solo novel that kind of came out alongside Solo. So the synopsis, then. It's one of the galaxy's most dangerous secrets. A mysterious transmitter with unknown power and a reward for its discovery that could only that most could only dream of claiming. But those who fly the Millennium Falcon throughout its infamous history aren't your average scoundrels. Not once, but twice. The crew of the Millennium Falcon tries to claim the elusive prize. First, Lando Calrissian, the droid L-337 at the dawn of an ambitious career, and later, a young and hungry Han Solo with the help of his co-pilot Chewbacca. But the device's creator, the volatile criminal Faizen Gore, isn't interested in sharing, and Gore knows how to hold a grudge. Now, it's been 10 years since the rebel hero Han Solo last encountered Faizen Gore. After mounting a successful rebellion against the Empire and starting a family with an Alderanian princess, I wonder who that is. Hmm. Han hasn't given much thought to the mad inventor, but when Lando turns up at Han's doorstep in the middle of the night, it's Faison's assassins that he's running from. Without Han's help, Lando and all life in Cloud City will be annihilated. With the assistance of a young hotshot pilot, I guess that's not Han, an Ewok slicer prodigy, and the woman who might be the love of Lando's life, and Han's best and furious friend, the two most notorious scoundrels in the New Republic are working together once more. They'll have to journey across the stars and into the past before Gore uses the device's power to reshape the galaxy. Woo, wow. okay. Good job. That was That's good. a lot, but thank you. There, there's a lot to this book. I kind of, what, what, what are your thoughts on the, um, the, the setup for the book? Have they, have they bounced back and forth between time periods? I found I found it I found it interesting at a certain point. No, I I found it interesting. I I like that kind of storytelling, but it was I think what kind of helped was when you got to each chapter, there were little icons on top that kind of pointed to um, how it was laid out. I mean, I think one of them was like a deck of Sabbath cards with I got it right here, deck of Sabbath cards with Hans Blaster. There was that's. And then there was one with just Hans Blaster. And then each one was kind of giving you like, you know, about 10 years ago. And it gave you the heads up of where you were at that time. And kind of like what each chapter focused on. I would imagine when it came to the Sabbath cards and the, the Blaster, it was basically Han and, and, and Lando at that time of now. So yeah. it, was, it was very interesting bouncing the back and forth that way. Yeah, for me, I find it... It was interesting, but I think ultimately I found it kind of distracting. Mm. Uh, it just, I got to the point where I never really, uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. 
I was anytime I was getting invested in what was happening, we'd flash back to a different time period. And so that mm. I actually it took me a long time to get through this. Mm. Uh, the book wasn't bad, and I enjoyed it, but it's I think the flashing forward and backwards made it uh, a tougher book. That's Do you think it would have been easier at a certain point that kind of got to where they stopped flashing back and forth and just told the linear story uh, that you knew where that flashback ended? And then it just continued at that point, but it served a certain purpose for half the book and then kind of decreased when it got to the end and then just continued the story at that point. Cause I agree yeah, with that's... you in some cases it did it trying to keep everything straight was kind of difficult. Yeah. It just, it lots of twists and turns. There's a lot of confusion, especially around what the I'm blanking what it's called. Uh, what was the device oh, called? Yeah. Um, um, I don't have oh, my glasses. Man, I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Uh, that's yeah. fine. We'll f I'll remember it at some point. The um, uh, phalanx, the phalanx. Yeah, the there it is. Yeah, the phalanx. 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 Yeah. There yes, you go. that thing. Uh, yeah. So it's just, I thought it was. I thought it was fine. Yeah. It's the structure of the book was definitely unique, but it it worked overall. I, I said say. It mm -hmm. it really reminded me of. Do you remember the 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 legacy of the Jedi book by Jude Watson and the and Secrets of the Jedi? Um, uh, I don't know if I read those they ones. They had actually. The, the the old Jedi Apprentice novels, and they had Jedi Quest. Yeah, and uh, there and were a couple. Like series. There yeah, were a I couple of those. them that yes. were like secrets of the Jedi or or, or legacy of the Jedi that bounce mm -hmm. back and forth between the different time periods, like you know, um, like uh, Yoda and, um, and 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 Count Dooku, and then Count Dooku and Qui Gon, Qui Gon and. And, and Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan and Anakin, and it got these different time periods. And it almost reminded me of that in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, there were definitely points where as I was reading, I'd be I'd be really excited like about what was happening in one particular time period and, and, and less in the other. I don't know if that's any different than just flashing back and forth between two like separate side stories in like your typical Star Wars book, but um, it was an interesting I idea and at least allowed mm -hmm. us to get a little bit of young Han and a little bit of old Han in the same book. And, and we actually right. got, you know, as, as, as the description kind of, uh, uh, you know, notes, we got to see Han's life with Leia and with a, you know, what, one year old, two year old Ben. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was, which was kind of neat. And then how, you know, much, uh, Han, you know, loves spending time with Ben and, and Leia, but also feels like he doesn't really know how, uh, he feels like he doesn't really know what, what you know, how to help them best. Uh, yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd go as far as to say that was one of the highlights of the book for me, is watching mm -hmm. Han try and figure out how to deal with uh, this type of thing. Because it's new to him for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was fascinating to see. And it definitely, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Um, in some ways, it's a more natural version, I think, of Han. Uh it shows that Han has changed from you know where he started, but he's not as far I think as we saw him in you know the legacy canon, mm -hmm. um, right. Legends, Legends canon is what I was yeah. looking for. Yeah, yeah, and I, I also liked the I also like seeing Lando and uh, and his relationship with Kasha in in yeah the that was fascinating that was yeah. fun especially and Tom I, I I feel like you 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 were probably so excited to see this. Han, uh, Lando has the Lady Luck in the yes. book. Because <laughs> yes. I know you bring that up all the time. Yeah, I bring that. Well, because I, if I remember correct, I was hoping that when 
in the solo movie when Han saw the Falcon for the first time, it actually wasn't the Falcon. It was actually the Lady Luck. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, I thought um, that was a cool touch. Yeah, yeah, and the dynamic about how Lando is, you know, is maybe thinking about actually settling down and and um, and, and trying to, you know. Okay, so so I'm going to throw this out to you guys. Uh-huh. Do you buy that? Did you actually buy it that he was getting to the point to, to where now you knew Han Solo and Leia were gonna, were going to settle down, but did you buy that Lando would be one that would settle down? Yeah, at that point uh, in his life. I yeah, actually this and I really I think settle down is not the right word. You're okay. Fair enough. Yeah, because. I think what Han, what Lando is going to do is the same thing we saw Lando do in Legends, which is mm-hmm. he's going to continue going around the galaxy, going on adventures, doing the things that Lando does best. Mm-hmm. He's just going to do it with someone else now. Is how I okay. read it. Okay. Yes, that's actually that's actually very correct, Stephen. Yeah, okay, then I probably read it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah but no, I mean, I wouldn't. I, 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 there's I, no there's no right or wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like the character though. I thought she was a very fascinating character and complimented him very well. Yeah. I, I, she, I think, was one of the highlights of the book, too. I, re- I yep. really liked Tasha. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. For me, the better one was the Ewok. Have you ever thought, <laughs> Ewok, have you ever thought of an Ewok as a slicer? You do? Disagree strongly. Did not like the Ewok. <laughs> really? Okay. I just It didn't do okay. anything for me, and I just found really? it odd for the most part. Really? See, I found it fascinating because th- there were two things about the book that fascinated me. One... An Ewok is a slicer mm-hmm. because when yeah. you saw them on, um, uh, God, I'm blanking. When you saw them in episode six, they basically were treated as, you know, they had ingenuity. They could deal with the environment they were in and they could actually make a construct that'll just, you know, flatten a, a chicken walker. Okay. But you right. never thought of an Ewok that could be somebody that can actually slice into a computer and, and do that kind of computer work. So that I found fascinating. The other thing I found very fascinating, I'm going to get this out first, was when Han got onto that, it was, was it the, the prison planet? The prison planet. I was yeah. get, that's where I was about to go next. Okay. Got on the prison planet and came up against a Gungan. And he started mm, talking oh, with you expected. The Gungan receptionist, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Just amazing. By like, <laughs> yes, I have no words. Is I, I like. Totally agree. Totally one hundred percent. Misa Han Solo. Yeah, and he's like, "Buddy, I'm gonna stop you right there." <laughs> yeah, and just I just imagine having there. the driest like, "Dude, no." Yeah, do you yeah. realize how it's not racist, but what? No. Zenist? Would that be the word? <laughs> well, but but it was it was something where I was like, I sat there and I'm like, and it was it was done in such a way to where it, it was, was you know, it's not. They're not all that way. Oh, it was it, done perfectly. It, it, yeah, it was. It was. There was nothing wrong with how they did it. It was just okay. I'm a Gungan. Move on. Done. Yeah. <laughs> well, it it was it, it was like uh, Daniel Jose Older like threw in all of the craziest uh, companions he could think of. I mean, it, basically, if, if you break down the crew, because you know, there's there you know someone is after. Um, Lando for this, you know, the uh, this RDX was after Lando for this, you know, uh, Phalanx Redux transmitter, uh, which had been obtained 10 years prior, and Frizinger mm-hmm. wants it, and, you know, now he's after Lando, and Lando comes to Han for help, and so they put together this group, uh, this crew, and the crew basically consists, consists of Han, Chewie, the aforementioned Ewok, uh, there's, you know, a Gungan which at is Pika, times, right? Pika. Pika. 
right? Uh, Pikpa. Uh, you've got the Gungan at times, Lando, uh, Keisha, the Twi'lek. Um, you have Taka, who is uh, who starts out as a Han Solo impersonator. <laughs> He calls that's himself right. Han that's Solo. That was the young gun. That's right. Right. He's the he's the young gun. He actually was Han Solo in a in a way, or claimed to be. Um, yeah. Which well, was funny. That was also you have to admit that was actually quite funny how that was pulled. How they did that. Yeah, and actually, let's come back to that in, in just yeah. a second. And that's, then that's we why had uh, and then uh, a Gamorian named Biggles and uh, a droid <sighs> named DRX Seven. So it's like, <laughs> like. A Gungan, it's like it's like sort of a joke. A, a, yeah. a human, a Wookiee, an Ewok, a Gungan, a Twi'lek, um, a Han Solo impersonator, and Biggles, a, a droid, and Biggles the Gamorrean walk into a. It wasn't bar. a no, an okay. Ugnot. Well, Sorry, yeah, I was gonna say an Ugnot. Uh, why did I write Gamorrean? Yeah, it must well, be. Because, you're right. It was an Ugnot. Yeah, the the Ugn because because they only ran into the Gungan when we were on the prison thing, but it was the Ugnot that kind of. You're right. Ugnot it was Biggles that, that came, the Ugnot. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, st- either way, it was it's kind of a ludicrous team. By um, I think the most ludicrous team of people we've had in any Star Wars book. Yeah. But it worked. I mean, matched against an equally ludicrous uh, villain, I'd say, in Faison Gore. That's true. The well, crazy power. I kind of liked his kidnapped by gangsters, turns okay. into a or droid. I found or, his backstory like, very it was like a cyborg, But it was it was creepy. I'm, Oh, William, absolutely fin- creepy. William, finish your thought because I, I got a thought about the Fizengor character, but but finish your thought. You were going well, yeah, somewhere. Let's talk about Fizengor and, we'll, and then we'll jump okay. back to to, uh, to Taka. Uh, so okay. Tom, tell, tell us about Fizen. Okay. Fizengor for me was creepy. Okay. Because here's a guy who, I mean, wait, wait, it, okay, bear with me because I'm going to try and get, you jumped to me really quick on Where, this and I was trying to get. Do you want, here, so. Okay, you, go to the monastery. Go to that monastery thing. Yeah, the monastery. Okay. So at one point in the novel, Han and Lando are trying to track down Fizengor, and so they go to one of his monasteries. Yeah, and creepy as heck. Yeah. So, and the idea behind these monasteries, kind of as, I guess as I would describe them, is uh, droids go there. They are having organic parts grafted mm-hmm. onto them. Yeah. So they're like reverse cyborgs cool. almost. Uh, oh, and so like creepy. Han and Lando play a game of dice essentially i think it was uh yeah. or not dice but um what's it, the, it, the the tarot cards mm-hmm. it was like a deck of tarot cards and based on that uh hey you're like we'll tell you what you want to know but you're going to donate a hand to our droids and, and on top of that on top of that i think there was a certain extent if they lost they could never leave i think that uh, was i don't thing. think it was it oh, might have are, been they could never leave. I knew they were definitely going to have to give up a, a limb of some kind. Okay, then maybe I had the the um, the Eagles Hotel California playing behind me during that whole section because yeah, I'm sitting here. It, it was just creepy. That whole thing, especially the truly creepy. Yeah, and totally creepy. Faison's whole thing is he's looking for the uh, phalanx, a weapon or a thing he developed in the past, because he wants to convince all droids across the galaxy to overthrow, like. Their, their their people, yeah, droid like which is not necessarily yeah. a, a new concept in Star Wars. No, what was I'm blanking on? What was the novel called? New Rebellion, I think it was. Yeah, shoot, I'm blanking on too, but I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, new Rebellion. We, we have seen this before, this but that one. Um, I, I still thought it was. I don't know. I found the villain like you feel bad for him. Like the 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 book starts out in like he's doing horrible things, unquestionably. 
but the book starts out and he's just like a med student who gets kidnapped and his, you know, friend dies. And the next thing he knows he's trying to survive and ends up going kind of crazy and then starts, you know, not kind of crazy. He very, went very crazy and grafting, you know, he went very far off that deep end, the, uh, oh. you know, other parts onto him. And then, bec- you know, like, yeah, he went right off the deep end, but, um, I, it was just, you, you start off feeling so bad for him. Really? Well, I, he's like I kidnapped. And then, you know, like I said, I don't, doesn't excuse what he does later at no, all. No, but it's, I guess for me, that was kind of lost on the character that, that he was kidnapped and all this stuff happened to him because it just got to a point yeah. to where, you know, to, to go to the phalanx to where he can basically in a way corrupt it. So that phalanx can now corrupt all the droids in the galaxy to, you know, in, in one fell swoop, annihilate civilization as we know it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say, uh, so we've now had two droid uprising stories in Star Wars. We had a new rebellion, which features, I can't remember the guy's name, someone on a droid manufacturing planet who's been putting bad code into droids with the plans of activating them all at once. Mm-hmm. And this one where Fizen's built the magical device that lets him like control droids everywhere. No, go ahead. Finish. No, no, finish. I'll, uh, I think my one of my biggest issues I think with the book is I found the whole phalanx transmitter thing the an incredibly silly plot device. Yes. It was a little on the order of like, well, it was on the order of a Death Star. Yes, we built a space station mm. that will destroy planets. Mm-hmm. Actually, probably more like the Sun Crusher than the Death Star. It was just it was a little ridiculous. To me. I'd agree with that, but but it also kind of tied in a little bit to Solo because Solo, when it came to um, um, Lando's droid wanted to lead the uprising when, when they got into the planet. It's like, you're free, you're free, you're free. And then come to find out, and this is the other thing that kind of creeped me out about the book, Lando's droid had a, if I read correctly, had a thing with the phalanx? Did I? Do I? I no. You're, I, I think about, was, you're talking about 337? Yeah. L3. The, the, yeah, L3. That's uh, right. Thank you. No, so the way I read that is L3 okay, thank you. had discovered that it was out there knew that was it was an existential threat to everything she believed in. And as I understood it, like she found another like a dro- another activist droid that she works with, I guess. Um, okay, and was that the activist droid that was helping on the phalanx? Because uh, there was and, other droids uh, in that area. Yeah, it was the, yeah, she basically built like a set of and they're not clones because they're droids. Yeah, that's, like, right, that's right. That's right. Army. Right. And though, like, I think one of my favorite lines in the book is she tells Lando, like, you know, like, we didn't we didn't win today, but I'm hoping we set left the seeds for winning in the future or something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, In general, I found Lando's past story to be one of the harder ones to follow because it was Mm -hmm. more rare, I think, and very, very interspersed compared to everything else. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'd I'd say in that case, it was I I wouldn't say interspersed for me. I kind of took it as a little bit scatterbrained because it was all over the place Mm -hmm. um but it didn't detract from the book itself Mm. i definitely found at at times having found myself having trouble to focus on exactly what was going on in each time period and and Mm -hmm. keep everything straight not not in a in a it wasn't a huge issue but definitely there were times like wait what i had to like reset my brain and um yeah and, and stuff but um 
but but you know there were there were definitely these nuggets right we especially in in, in time periods we go to and like oh I, i'm really excited about um, i'm very curious to hear how things progress here and i think part of that is you know han and and and, and leia and ben part of that was Pfizer yeah. Gore's backstory i think once he goes crazy it's he it was a little bit less interesting mm-hmm. um, yeah as far as his backstory goes um you know some of the the lando stuff in the present was was interesting those are I think some of yeah, the, and I think the I had a little trouble with the previous Han story. Um, I know Sana Staros is a character. I think from the yeah. comics, right? So isn't isn't she the one that comes out and says he's my husband? Yes, okay. I believe so. Yes, um, and so I've read about the character that like I remember when that happened, but I didn't really care for the character herself. One hundred percent, and I feel like. It was just that's again that was one of those stories. Especially, I'm assuming Han throughout that that past story is basically coming pretty close to after what happened with Kira. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just it was. In not... fact, he says he's bothered by some girl. Um, yeah, I'm assuming that's Kira. Yeah, yeah, I same. would imagine so. Um, but the whole thing was kind of strange, and like Sonic gives him this hallucinogenic for his hangover, and they end up finding a bunch of hasks that came after Sonic. I don't know. It was it was definitely a little stranger. I think the reason this might be silly. I was not a fan of the big, Oh, Hans married, actually married to, uh, to someone twist when Marvel initially took over the star Wars comic Mm -hmm. license. Uh, and for a few issues, even they, they, they let, you know, they, they left it out there saying, Oh yeah, Han and Sana are actually married. And then it turns out that, well, it was all just a ruse and they weren't really married. It wasn't like a thing. It was just, I don't know, but the way they the way they went about it just left a bad taste in my mouth. It just felt like it was it was done just to get people. It was like a, a twist just for the twist's sake, not uh, for to a play real story. That, that is, is, that yeah, is yeah. classic Marvel comics and DC comics. Yes, hey, no, but I don't sorry. think that believes in, that in belongs a, not in, Star in a bad Wars. way. No, I, just, I, it, it is okay. classic, Mar- you know, comics. I just don't want that in my Star Wars. But that left a bad I, taste I, in my mouth. I'll actually disagree. I thought really? that as a, I mean, again, I didn't read the comic specifically. As uh-huh. a high level, I can totally believe that Han would run a scam like that. If it's but, a scam, I can believe it. Sorry, but totally yes, but if it was in one book, that was that was fine. My problem, I don't want to like ta- go too much on a tangent. My problem with it was just that it was like Han is married to Sana. There's a, he has a secret wife nobody ever knew about. And then they let that go for like a couple of months until the next issue. The issue came out where they're like, "Ha, ah, just kidding! It was all fake." Gotcha. It was the mm. way they tricked okay. the audience. I see what you're Not saying. Not okay. they came out and said, "Oh, we had this. We did a. It was a. It was a. It was all a ruse on purpose, and it was there up from the beginning. They intentionally tried to trick the readers." Um, I see what you're saying. Which left okay, a bad taste fair. in my mouth. So now, whenever I see the character Sana, I'm just like, "Ugh, I don't like her." Um, mm. and nothing to do with her. It's all the way that she was introduced. It's how it's how they wrote the character and they treated the character from the in in yeah I, I get exactly. what you're saying. So anyway, yeah. that's a long way of saying I wasn't a huge fan of that, but there wasn't a lot of her anyway in the book. So mm. I don't know. Totally fair. Okay. Now I never read the comic with her anyway. I just saw the one page that made it on the internet, so I, I didn't yeah. didn't read the backstory about what happened at that point when they finally revealed. So. Um, speaking of a family though, 
Chewie, we find out Chewie's been home on Kashyyyk for the last two years because the, the the book is set about two years after Return of the Jedi. Um, and um, and eventually Han goes to Kashyyyk to go to go get Chewie and, and ask for his help. And there's actually this creepy um, subplot about this guy called the Long Man that's been going around ki- ki- kidnapping young Wookies and leaving their parts all around Kashyyyk, which is, you know. Oh, I totally forgot uh, about that. Yeah, which I they completely ever, forgot they, about that. Did they resolve that? Uh, I believe it was. Um, it was actually Fizing. Okay. I think. I think. Interesting. But but, but well, it was it did strike me a little bit odd that Han like went to, um, went to Kashyyyk and didn't even say hi to Chewie's family. <laughs> he like completely ignored them. Because <laughs> at one point yeah, he's like think- in the village and like you know I read this a couple months ago now, so I'm trying to remember what three months ago. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it did strike me as a little odd. He didn't like say hi to his best friend's family. Interesting. But yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I completely forgot about that too. Yeah, but but at least in the aftermath. You know, since in the aftermath of aftermath, life death. Life <laughs> aftermath death, of aftermath. Uh, yeah, the planet has almost grown back. So go watch your trees. They they return really quickly. Because <laughs> if you remember in aftermath, life death, the planet was half the planet was leveled and burned down. Um. So, yay! Come Boy, I hate to say this, but all that Chuck Wendig novel stuff I put to the side. Well, they kind of undid a lot of that anyway. So, Thank God. Clearly. Uh. So, Taka. 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 Let's talk about. Let's talk about Taka. Here, here we go. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're back, folks. Um. Thoughts on on young Taka, Jamarisa. He actually didn't stick with me all that well. Really? I I think his I introduction. I didn't. I didn't feel like he uh, left an impression on me. I okay. I think for me, what I found interesting was when they were going through basically let's call it a shipyard trying to find their pilot, mm-hmm. and he's trying to impersonate Han Solo with a sign up there saying Han Solo. The one thing that I got confused about was. Was he actually two people or was he one person? Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm asking because of how the character was written. I couldn't tell. I'm try, I, it's hard to explain how, how I was reading the character. He didn't. He sounded like it was almost split personality or something. Oh, interesting. there was something. Huh. It, did, you kind of see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. I didn't get that impression, but that's, that's fascinating. Well, it's just, yeah. it's how. I, I wish I could I wish I had my glasses or I'd try and find the section to where was he in a certain extent talking to, about himself in a third person it, it, it was something weird about the character that that again it's hard to explain when it came to this character um, you know but to find out later that he ended up being a setup and it was kind of set up by Leia herself that he'd be part of this crew that was interesting yeah, because well, I yeah, did. That, I did not. I honestly did so not see that coming. It, that I thought was a cool twist. It yeah. w- it was. I was trying to still think through how it worked out. Because um, uh, so basically, from the way I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong. Leia, uh, Leia wanted this wanted Taka to go with Han on the mission, but she didn't know what the mission was, and didn't want to have Han feel like she was forcing someone on him. So instead, she had this guy dress up 
like Han and pretend to be Han so that he would be drawn Han would be drawn to him eventually hire him and then they would go on the mission together and only and then while he was secretly helping Han and like reporting back to Leia that was how I read it. That That's how I read Leia, it. She suspected that they might be going into, uh, I think you say, in true Star Wars fashion, she expected that whatever Han and Lando were about to get into was bigger than they probably thought it was. And as a result, they kind of, I'm trying to describe it. She uh, went in with the expectation that they might get into trouble. And she wanted and wa- a caretaker is how I put right. it. Sorry to interrupt that part. No, that, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so that that was how I read it. Um, yeah. And if your page is turning, I'm trying to find the section that that when it came to the Taka character, that kind of threw me off on him. Pardon me for doing this. Yeah. Continue. No sorry. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, shifting shifting gears a bit, I think you know, as a as a prequel to Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, the the book doesn't inter- it sets up the movie in interesting ways. It drives drive, dri- uh, drops some hints, but it actually I think um, added some misdirection as well. Did you guys notice the misdirection at all? On which part? On which part? There were a, a, a couple. At one point, Lando makes a comment about how the Falcon is the ship that made the Kessel run, not the pilot, uh, which almost oh, made me think yes. that, yes, you yes, know, no, maybe right. Han wasn't the, didn't actually do the Kessel run, you know, um, and, and, or at another point, um, it, it talks about how Han had hated how spotless the ship was and souped up and how, you know, he couldn't live under those conditions. So he'd, you know, quote, immediately gotten to work, scuffing it up, making it a place where a regular person could kick back and enjoy themselves not some maniac immac- maniac's immaculate cape museum end quote <laughs> i like the immaculate cape museum part um but as we find out in solo this is not like he didn't i don't know han didn't really work to scuff it up he just destroyed the ship and it just just happened <laughs> in the kessel run and and that was about it well, you know what, and, weren't they also kind of implying that technically it was l3 that really made the castle run because L3 was the one that had all the maps and kind of knew how to do it. And it, it wasn't so much again, the pilot or I'm reading that wrong. And I think I found the, I, I found something very funny in the book that I'd like to read. Cause this was actually very, this is very cool. Um, so let's deal with that one part first. Did I read that wrong when they were trying to implying the thing about Han, the castle run, and it was more so L3 that did it. Because she was inside the Falcon at that point, or did I lose you guys? No, I. Th- I mean, yeah. Go ahead, William. I honestly, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna read this section here when when they met Taka. Okay. And Taka goes, "What's the cargo?" And Lando says, "Only passengers: myself, this guy, a Twilik, an Ewok, and a busted up droid." Sounds like a bad joke. Taka mused. It very well, it very well, very well might end up that way," said Lando. "If we don't stay under the radar, see, I when I read that the first time, that threw me back to Episode Four, where we had Obi Wan going to Han Solo 
just me, the boy, yeah, the droids, exactly. and no questions. Yeah. So that that right now, I'm going to leave it at that uh, when it comes to Taka. But I thought that was kind of funny. And the other part about me trying to figure out that he seemed like he was a split personality character. I'm just leave it at that. I'm just going to chalk it up to age. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Oh. So, um, so I mean, as we get, as we go later in the book, I don't know. I it it got a bit more convoluted. Um, I, we talked about they they went to the 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 the, the creepy monastery. Yeah, the monastery with the uh, the Brotherhood of the Wire and Bone, um, and the you know the the I don't know the the original dozen. I don't know. It's it's very very creepy creepy stuff. Well, especially um, when you got wire and bone, that that kind of that kind of telegraphs what they're doing. It's like you've got wire, which is the droid, and bone, which is the human, and we're going to combine them. Ugh. creepy. Yeah, just creepy. And then and then also to a certain extent, and I get the thing with the original twelve. But that little bit there, especially when one of them says, greetings, organics, I am Bartholomus, also known as number 10 of the original dozen. Mm -hmm. That almost was a throwback to me for another sci-fi series because you had seven and nine that was the Borg. So Mm -hmm. that was another thing that kind of like kind of crossed for a minute there. Um, I found that fascinating. And it's fascinating to see that that kind of concept kind of work its way into the Star Wars universe. Although it's not so much the quote-unquote full collective as it was implied in one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, eventually they they end up locating the um, the, the the phalanx, and um, there there there's this big almost space battle where Lando goes out in in space in a, in the spacesuit and and tries to. Re- a very ridiculous battle. I would yeah, say. yeah, and this is where I felt like things got a little bit more um, difficult to follow. I don't know. Um, I think what made it difficult to follow is when they they were describing how he was going between the planetoids or asteroids and how he was sneaking this way and it was coming that way because it got a little confusing to me in that point through that whole battle. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I think it was it was cutting back and forth between the the soldiers of L three mm-hmm. or whatever and talking to the actual phalanx itself because was I under the impression when it came to the phalanx itself the phalanx didn't want to do this and there was a time limit they were under mm-hmm. to where if it wasn't done but uh, before a certain amount of time the phalanx had no choice and was going to do it right well the yeah. fact that the phalanx had a um was almost sentient was fascinating yeah. you know uh and and we find uh, and we get the the tie-in actually with you know everyone's almost bidding on this thing right it talks about how there were all these people there uh even the empire had a representative um uh, as well as the gotra which we will dive into a bit more in um the book most wanted uh, but that's a nice oh, tie right. as well. Yeah, it just it just hit me. Oh my that's gosh, that's the Gotra, right. the droid Gotra. Um, and so yeah, I like how they're starting to tie tie in things. And given this is kind of an underworld book, it makes sense. There's a lot of you know uh, bidding wars and stuff. Um, but yeah. it it definitely got a little more 
more out there, let's say, uh, as the the the, the Phalanx Redux transmitter starts to be sentient and Lando talks to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was out there. Yeah, and yeah, because because what is it basically? The books the book starts out there, and I'd say continues to get more out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, like so so from what I understand the 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 this this phalanx redux transmitter basically artificially creates a gravitational center uh so that this ice asteroid belt would shield you from detection as you move through the galaxy yep and would follow you wherever you go and the phalanx i believe was the first droid that Faison worked on which we which was the medical droid i think right yes yeah really oh yeah I that one slipped my mind it's it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know what? It, it was still a fun book. I mean, oh, it was. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it, it's it's nothing. It, I I don't mean to take anything away from it. It's just oh yeah yeah. It's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. J- just to not tangent on this, but I have to ask: Did you expect a story like this within the Star Wars universe? I mean, we have read so many books throughout the course of Star Wars and this podcast that something like this were to come out. What what are your thoughts? I mean, it's not any weirder than some of the other ones. We've, there's been some out That's there books true. like Waru and, you know. <laughs> like, Chuck Wendig. Okay. There's, was, there's been some out no, there no, no. stuff. I, yeah. I wouldn't even say it. Chunk Wang, none of the Aftermath stuff is weird. No. You well, can have whatever opinion you like on it, was. the quality of it. Uh, yeah. The writing's, uh, I guess the writing's a little bit on the otter side. Yeah. But this is, I would say, the first time we've had this. Right? Yeah. No, and, and and like I said, it, it was kind of like you're you're taking, you know, a different sci-fi property and kind of bringing something like that within this property because that's kind of how I read it when it came to these. It is more of like you know the the cyborg type thing, where you're you're creepily taking. I think they even mentioned there was an Ewok, uh, not Ewok. <laughs> probably was an Ewok part somewhere within these droids, but an actual um, Wookie arm. I think at one point they described coming from a robot. So, or one of the droids. So, yeah, it yeah. just got creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, sp- speaking of creepy, um, when the, the 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 phalanx actually activates and you know starts to initiate this this droid rebellion, and and back home the 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 BX droid, uh, which is the <laughs> another funny slash crazy character. This this mainly um, crazy. This mainly chef droid who is obsessed with making these delicious uh, uh meals for coffee primarily and coffee yeah for uh for for leia and han and and ben all of a sudden you know just decides he he must kill and uh can, starts advancing by, on ben by the way can we talk about the fact that if the droid really got turned homicidal it would not take that long for him to kill ben <laughs> that's true it would have like, happened instantaneously it was more to build it suspense. It would have been pretty damn fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with William. It had to be for suspense. Oh, I know it was. This, it, yeah. I understand why they did it the way they did it. It just made me laugh. Yeah. But of course, you know, they, 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 they stop the, the, the phalanx just in time. And Ben's totally fine. A little, a little scared. Here. But no. other than that, thank you. Totally fine. How are you? Yes. Well, I mean, it, it might problem. have stayed with him forever, such that when 
Luke is standing over him with his with a lightsaber. He flashes back to BX and goes, my chef droid tried to kill me. My uncle tried to kill me and then turns to the dark side. <laughs> so maybe, you know, maybe that's what pushed him over the edge. Maybe, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just Luke. Had Luke done it by in, you know, in isolation, Ben would have brushed it off. But that droid is what put sure. him over the edge. Let's, let's go with that. Whatever you say. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I, I, don't, I don't really know what else to say about the, the phalanx. It's, it's fascinating that it was this droid that could kind of program itself and keep modifying itself and almost function like a virus. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, they, they were able to stop it and it's, everything was, was okay. And everyone lived happily ever after. Yeah. And go read the book. It's actually quite fun. It was, it was, it's, yeah. it's out there, but you'll have a good time reading it. Yeah. And, uh, I Daniel would... Jose Older is a, is a, is a great writer. Mm-hmm. Um, was this his first cool. book within the universe? He did one of the yes, short stories. So. In, oh, did he? Yeah. In, oh, which I one think, was that? Wow. No, yeah, in a, a, in a, from a certain point of view. But uh, this is this is his first full novel. So, okay. Welcome to the welcome to Star Wars, Daniel. Yeah, actually, uh, it's funny. I went to a, a small writing thing uh, last July. Mm-hmm. No, last April, I think. Um, and I'm blanking what the name of the, uh, author of the Leia novel bloodline, Claudia oh, Gray. Yeah. Uh, Claudia Gray was there and I saw her talk a little bit. Um, the author of the, uh, what was it? The scoundrel and the princess was there. Um, and I saw a panel with Daniel Jose older and he's, uh, a, a very funny person, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. He, when, as I was reading this novel, I could absolutely, I was like, yeah, that's, that's him. <laughs> Yeah, very much so. <laughs> it, it it was his sense of humor, I guess I would say. Definitely. Do you think that he pulled off the characterizations of Lando and Han and Leia well enough? I'm I'm just throwing I, it out there, just just to just to throw it out there to see what you guys thought, because I I thought I thought he did fine. Yeah, I'd actually say all of his characterizations were fantastic. I mm-hmm. I wasn't always a fan of the structure of the book, and I some of the pieces were certainly weirder, I think, than I would have preferred. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, actually, I really liked, I really liked, uh, his characterization. I thought he kind of got all the characters and nailed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually now, oh, I, I almost forgot. I believe, I believe this is the one where we get the Lando's internal monologue as he's getting dressed, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's been it? three months now. Yeah. Cause it's, it's the only pre solo book. Yeah. There's that, there's that scene where Lando is getting dressed and, um, and going through his like his closet and thinking about what he's gonna wear, and it's just hilarious to get inside Lando's head, um, you know, as he's getting himself ready, considering how much Lando is concerned about how he looks and everything. Um, and it's just it's to, it's actually one of the highlights of the book. Such a great scene. I'm gonna have to reread this again. Yeah, so, it's gonna be another. It's it's gonna be on my shelf after the new Thrawn book comes out. If I finish that one early enough, I'll probably reread this one again. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good it's one. good. Yeah, it's I, good. Overall, I'd say I actually really enjoyed the novel. It's there are parts where it's definitely out there, uh, but it was good. Yeah, I mean, sometimes like, it's out it, there. Sometimes they they take 
existing characters and situations and, and give them to us in a new way. And it adds mm-hmm. some additional depth to the to characters we know and love as well. Um, so he, he did a good job. Yeah. yeah. So okay. uh, with that, um, you want let's get into our into our yeah. ratings. Tom, ratings? What, what, what would you give? Uh, how many Womp Rats? Oh, man, how many Womp Rats? <sighs> you know what? Wow. Um, I believe it or not, there's a falcon in our backyard, and it's not the Millennium. Um, I think I'm going to give this one, and the falcon's going to take my Womp Rat. Uh, I'm going to give this one a seven. Yeah, I'm going to give this a seven. It's a solid book. I would recommend people reading this one. It was fun. I think that he did. I think Daniel did a really good job of writing this book. Um, I do. I do like the little thing. Like I, I read the little callback to episode four. I love the Gungan thing. I thought that was funny. And I liked never expected and did enjoy. I liked the Ewok as the slicer. I did enjoy that character. It was out there, but it wasn't. Okay, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. It wasn't no, it's, so far. It wasn't so far out there that I couldn't accept it. If it was, uh, it's you totally, know what? I, I'm I'm giving you a bad time, Tom. It's okay. That's fine. I know. I could accept it that way. So I, I'm going to give it a seven, and I'm going to have my seven womp rats. You know, my seven womp rats actually did not make it out of that creepy little uh, monastery that uh, Han and Lando. They actually what they did was. They did have to leave something behind, and it was the seven Womp Rats. That was a deal that nobody expected. That was something that was not in the book, but that was a handshake deal. They were able to leave with their hands, but they had to leave the Womp Rats. So, okay. William or Uh, Steven? Yeah, I'll I'll go next. Go for it, William. Uh, I, I, you know, I mean, I actually agree with you, Tom. I I really enjoyed the, the book. It's not the. Like it's it's not it's a self-contained story. It's not going to like change yes. your 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 perspective of the galaxy. But most stories don't have to do that. It's a great character story. We I liked the portrayal of Han. I liked the portrayal of Lando. Uh, I liked some of the new characters introduced, and the villain had a very fascinating backstory that helps you sympathize with them a bit more. Um, aspects of the story are are out there, um, mm-hmm. but it it made for a, a fun time. And so, I'm going to give this seven out of ten Womp Rats as well. And um, my Womp Rats, well, they're taking a page from uh, from Fizengor, and they have augmented all of their limbs with droid pieces. So it's That's creepy. Horrifying. So so now so now or are they droids 14. augmented with Womp Rat pieces? Maybe That's that way. That's a good point. Yeah, my seven my seven droids were chopped up and are now part of. The uh, of Fizengor's droid army. Interesting. Oh boy. So there you go. Steven, you're up. Ooh. So I think I think I'm also going to have to give it a seven out of ten one prouts. Um the book was a little uneven for me, but it was definitely worth reading and I re- I did really enjoy it. Um I have to, I think the highlight one of the highlights for me was actually and we didn't talk about it as much as we probably should have. Um but the story with Lando and I'm blanking on her name. Start with a uh, K. Oh, uh, the her uh, his Tasha. Toilet, the, 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 yeah, the toilet girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, yeah. like that, I love that dynamic a lot. Um, really, it was just it was fun watching that development, and I really liked the kind of uh, 
deeper story on Lando um, and seeing his character development, especially because he's been kind of a one note character in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, with my seven Womp Rats, you know, I just, they're going to hang out with Lando and Kashka. Like, just, that's it. They're just going to hang out. They, they're happy. He's happy. Like, she's happy. That They're just, just going to have a good time. You know? Cool. Maybe they'll go to dinner together. <laughs> they'll go to a place on Cloud City. Yeah, see? It's perfect. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I would say, hey, go read the book, folks. It's a good book. Yeah. So um, coming up on Ion Cannon, we are going to be reviewing season four of Star Wars Rebels, the the final season, as well as the Blu-ray. So stay tuned for our review of that coming in the near future. Uh, we'll, we'll probably take another week or two off and then return with our, our review right around the time it's released. So stay tuned, guys. We are uh, very excited to talk about the entire season. Can't wait. Yeah, That should be a lot of fun. It will. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.